G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. All right, Tyler, welcome to the 17X podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Mate, uh, really interested to um, unpack the uh, the 78 different things that you're doing uh, <laughs> as a leader in this space. Um, I feel like all of us, I feel like all of us end up saying yes to everything and have 40,000 things on our, on our <laughs> books. So it's not abnormal. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, you know, collaboration over competition and it's a, hey, yeah, I feel like I could work with you on this. Let's do this together. And next thing you know, you've got an extra job. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we always we always volunteer ourselves, but it's yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like work, but then it, it looks uh looks like it's a lot. <laughs> it looks like it is, yeah. Cool. So hey, um, let's get a bit of background on you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um who are you, where have you been in your career and um what brought you through to Flight Center and all the things that you're doing right now? Yeah, so it's a bit of a I love I, I do love my story. I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I, I, I love, you know, where, where, where it's woven me to. But um, I moved to Australia six years ago. You might be able to hear that I'm from the U.S. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, actually, and I was just back there, which was really nice. But um, grew up in a suburb just outside of Philadelphia. Um, my mom was a, or still is, a social worker and ran early childhood intervention programs across Philadelphia. And my dad was an undercover narcotics agent. So... Um, so both very kind of yeah, government, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny, but both very, um, government, uh, kind of, you know, not like not nine to five. I mean, dad's wasn't, but like, but very structured kind of roles that, um, they weren't innovating in those roles. They weren't owning their own businesses. Like they both went to college and went into their jobs and were in those same jobs for, you know, 30 years. So, um, so came from that background, but always, um, volunteered and fundraised actually growing up, me and my mom would do like the breast cancer three-day walk and, um, and we would do relay for life. And we would, I, I remember throwing like a party in high school where everyone had to pay 20 bucks to get in. <laughs> and that, we raised money for, for cancer and everyone was underage drinking, but, <laughs> nice. um, but it, but yeah, but it worked, <laughs> I know, I know, but worked out really well. <laughs> awesome. awesome. You can't get arrested 15 years later. So, yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, essentially moved over to Australia six years ago as a nanny just to travel um, because I wasn't loving uni. I wasn't, you know, wasn't super interested in one specific thing, but knew I wanted to do kind of really cool things and didn't know what opportunities were there in the US, which I think some people think is interesting because you I think when you don't live there, you think there's lots of opportunities. But I just felt really kind of um, 
closed off and that there weren't opportunities. So I ended up moving to Australia as a nanny and, um, and was already certified as a yoga teacher. So I started teaching yoga at all the studios all around Brisbane and um, yoga and team building activities with different corporations across Queensland, which was really awesome and kind of moved into the mental health space and all of that. And then ended up um, working in not-for-profits for a few years while doing corporate well-being programs and things. And obviously COVID hit and, um, and one of the companies I was doing yoga and, and, um, well, wellness programs with was flight center. So stopped doing that and worked in not-for-profits all throughout COVID Worked with young people transitioning out of foster care and residential care, worked with Oz Harvest for a bit, helped charities to kind of scale and sustain impact. And then, um, saw there was a role at flight center around culture and engagement. So jumped on board with them to look at things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, our flight center and charitable foundation, mental health within our organization, reconciliation, and what we were doing with our first nations communities. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, just kind of snowballed into this national social impact manager role and managing the foundation and reconciliation currently until we have a first nations person come into that role and um and our general social impact programs and and then have just met beautiful amazing people in the last uh you know 14 months that i've been in that role and have been able to get involved with a whole heap of other really cool things but in a nutshell that's uh (laughs) that's how i've landed where i've landed yeah, love it. Um, I just love how you've got this progression of you just took off to another country just to experience different things and clearly just got your, like I'm looking at your CV here on, well, your CV, your, your experience <laughs> listing here on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and like you say, you, you, you kind of just went in and, and you tried all these different things or, or created these inroads for your own impact and ended up in this really cool role. Um, can you tell us a bit about, you know, most people in Australia are going to be familiar with Flight Centre as a yeah. company, right? Um, yeah. Can you just give us, a, I guess, a brief overview of of the company itself, um, what it's here to do, and then maybe segue into the impact and purpose mission that sits underneath your position? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so Flight Centre Travel Group, most people would know. Yeah, we're Brisbane based. Um, it's a global company. Um, we I operate in an Australia Australia role. Um, with the company, but essentially COVID happened, which was, you know, devastating. Um, and I, and I, and I say that it's, it was traumatizing to our people. Um, I don't think that you can, you know, there's big trauma and there's little trauma, there's big T and there's little T, but I think, um, a lot of the people that were still with the organization at that point in time experienced, you know, experienced something, whether it was staying in that survivor's guilt or whether it was, um, you know, being made redundant and things like that. So, um, so the, the whole industry obviously went through the uh, really tumultuous time. And that's why it was really, I mean, I loved coming on board last year to look at everything that had kind of paused during COVID, which a lot of the tourism, I mean, I think a lot of the world actually just paused lots of things during when COVID happened. So coming back on board to look at things, it was a, it was a really fresh outlook and and things are still developing for us and for the tourism industry. But, um, but you know, to look at all of the different things around, you know, you call it whatever you want to call it, corporate social responsibility or whatever you want to call it these days. It really is just, you know, what a, what a business, a good business should be and should have for their people and should have for community and for the environment. So, um, so holistically, I think, I think, you know, everything kind of started back up again and um, we were able to hire a global social impact or 
global social impact, global sustainability officer at the beginning of this year in February, Michelle Dagenhardt, who's amazing. And um, we're going to be in a really cool place now, but but I think probably next year and, and following um, when it comes to what it looks like around our impact with the environment, with um, in society, within communities, within the DNA of our industry as well. But it definitely still feels, I think, and I think people do, I think, you know, you see travel coming back bigger than ever, but, you know, how, how do these tours and companies support that after not having anything for so long. So I think it's still definitely in a in a in a semi roller coaster that's starting to, you know, peak and stay up. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the recovery mm. is almost uh, complete and you're back to business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I think if for other people that don't know about, you know, about the company, it's definitely, you know, our our philosophies are ownership um, egalitarianism and irreverence. And I think the irreverent culture is what it is known for. It's definitely a fun environment for people. <laughs> um, so I think, I think my, you know, my job right now, and I feel like what it will be as it continues is to how can we have fun and do it in a good and positive and socially impactful way? Yeah. Um, and how can we bring those two together? So um, coming into your role, uh, you know, national social impact manager um, yeah. over the last 14 months or so, um, what were some of the, um, I guess, initial, uh, I want to say lessons or, or um, you know, the low-hanging fruit that, that as a company you wanted to address? Yeah, so I think, um, so like I said, I came on board around culture and engagement for probably the first six months, then it transitioned into this, into this social impact role. But I think the biggest things is how can we evaluate, um, you know, how can we evaluate who we are as a company and then how can we make impact from there? And I think that that's what, you know, I talk to other small businesses and startups and things like that. And I think it really is, 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 you know, evaluating your DNA and then how can you, how can you snowball impact and how can you take advantage of your ecosystem? So I think that's what I've been trying to to essentially gather data on this year and reach out to but you know we have enormous amounts of corporate business customers um not-for-profit customers within our, within our corporate brands um you know but our, even our um even our leisure customers you know people want to be giving back so how can we look at that but first off how can we actually just support our people so it's it's really it's really i feel like um this year is still all about our people and how we can you know bring them on our on our giving journey or just bring them back to business as usual pretty much and then i think it's really about how can we um take not take advantage but in a positive way take advantage of knowing who is in our in our ecosystem and how can we all come together you know partnerships for the goals how can we all come together to make change yeah and so like when you think about your people so you guys would have a pretty sizable team yeah so now we're back up to around five thousand people in australia so you know you're talking about five thousand people. We got a we got a lot of people in you know the SME community and in, in our network here with Seventeen X, and uh, you know our corporate footprint is growing. But um, to to help you know our audience understand how to pivot maybe parts of their business to be more aligned with what their team are looking for, how did you go about collecting that data? What 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 mechanisms did you use to find out what your five thousand people are wanting to actually achieve? We don't know. That's the answer. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> no, no, but but seriously, no, that's an awesome question. And that's what I always talk about. And I and I actually ran a workshop with some of our customers a little while ago, but but had a really awesome conversation around that it, it is about, you know, um 
your organization, and you would know this with the work that you do with businesses, like your people are, are what power your business. Um, you can't do things without their say. You can't do things without, um, you know, their passion and their drive. And I like to say that fe- the Flight Center Foundation is people driven. Um, and, um, and you know, I think that it, it needs to be everyone's, um, you know, it, it always has to be people informed and people driven. So, I mean, we did surveys, we've had conversations, we have internal panels. Like I ran a grants program or we ran a grants program last year that we're, you know, we will be running again this year. Um, that was our, where our people actually voted on the charities we funded through the Flight Center Foundation. So, um, so and we collected that people voted. They, they watched videos of 14 charities last year and um, yeah. voted on the top five that received the grant. So, I mean, that was really telling in and of itself because there was such a versatile and diverse group of charities that they chose, but those were the top five voted charities. And so I think doing different initiatives and different things, even volunteering like last year, um, for example, well, this was more of a fundraiser, but they did a... Um, a someone just pioneered it fully championed it victoria red she's amazing and she championed um a steps challenge for the kids cancer project and got legitimately like hundreds of people in the corporate brand to raise money for and i think they raised over twenty thousand dollars or something like they just did but but one person drove it um got everybody on board um but then you know but then we did learn that our people are really passionate about children's illness and and their health and well-being so yeah yeah. And how important is it for those people to know that, uh, you know, this is kind of an obvious question here, but um, the, you know, the support from the corporate brand itself to encourage the team to go and champion projects like that? Like, do you have um, a direct encouragement to your team to go and volunteer and, and you know, get involved in some of these projects off their own bat? Yeah, so so we have an offering that most companies have now, and and if not if not, you know, most companies are offering probably four or five days. But everybody's offering volunteer leave, so paid volunteer leave. So all of our people have one day's paid volunteer leave. Um, and yeah, it is encouraged. I think that you know our industry at the moment is getting just so busy and slammed and, you know, trying to recover, you know, our people and, and just have that business, you know, keep rolling. And so volunteering is, I think is a really nice, not, not a mental health day, but it is, it's a nice go giving back day that people can take. So all of our people know that that's there. And, um, and I think it is just getting that out more. And, you know, I think that there's some amazing foundations and organizations like um, Atlassian foundation, for example, they do a really awesome skilled volunteering program and origin origin foundation. They do an amazing skilled skilled volunteering program so i think those are the kind of creative things that people have maneuvered during covid and and we're happening pre-covid as well but how can we actually harness um people and organizations skills to give back in that way as opposed to taking that physical day sometimes um yeah yeah love it so um flight center as a whole um you know moving back to business as usual what are you guys seeing as the you know thinking from a sustainability lens um what are the the next steps for the travel industry to become a bit more responsible and and sustainable about how we all get around the planet. Well, I wish I could speak on on their behalf or on that behalf, but I definitely can't. <laughs> I definitely put myself in my in my social bucket and try and stay there. But I can say that um that Michelle Degenhardt is amazing. She's our global sustainability officer now, and I know that there'll be some announcements and things that'll probably happen at some point, you know, this year or early next year, where we can actually start to guide what our global strategy looks like. And I think that that's really exciting. Um, our people are 
are pa- extremely passionate about the environment. One of the charities that the foundation just partnered with is Greening Australia because our people were calling out for conservation efforts and and what it looks like tangibly to um, be supporting our planet. And oh, we do like containers for change within our head office and things like that. So um, if people aren't in Queensland, Containers for Change takes the 10 cents and, and donates it to a charity of choice. And, um, you know, so I think I guess my role and all I can speak on behalf of is that, you know, I, I think that it's really cool that we can get our people to do some tangible and they can drive tangible um, environmental initiatives like containers for change or um, like supporting organizations like Greening Australia and going and planting trees or doing cleanup day on cleanup days. And that's kind of the the main thing that I play in that. Yeah, cool. All right. So um, so outside of Flight Center, you've got a whole bunch of other things going on, right? Um, <laughs> can you tell us a bit about some of the other projects that you're involved in as a um, hyper motivated change maker that you are? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. So I am. Um, well, what I what I do love doing is I love meeting with founders. I feel like I get to meet with founders all the time of different, you know, kind of socially innovative um, programs. And um, but I also get to meet with charity founders as well. And I feel like that there's this kind of bridge that um, that I feel like I want to be you know, filling the gap in or, or, you know, kind of creating this bridge between social innovation. And I feel like you do this really well, Mick, with 17X, but like crossing this bridge between socially social innovation and social entrepreneurs that are thinking in a, um, you know, in a social impact or an environmental lens um, with philanthropy and giving and, and not-for-profits. I feel like we all, those two kind of industries don't really cross paths, but they're both doing good. Um, and they're both trying to create sustainable and scalable change. So, um, I think that that's really important. But for some of the things that I'm involved with, um, I guess on that not-for-profit side, I work with Queensland Community Foundation, which is amazing. And I hosted their podcast this year, which we'll be doing another season next year, um, really highlighting their award winners. And they have some amazing categories and things of, of philanthropists. And I know sometimes people run from that word, but <laughs> that podcast is is really about debunking philanthropy and then inspiring giving, um, it, uh, specifically in our Queensland community, which I think is really amazing. They're an amazing organization. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things. Um, Global Entrepreneurship Congress is a really cool thing that's coming up. That's coming to Melbourne, May of, of 2023. Um, and I'm supporting the tourism stream. And I just kind of say I'm the herder, herder of cats. I'm the herder of all the good people um, in the tourism kind of space and world um, to come together to think about what the future of tourism looks like. And it's just a working group essentially within that Congress. So um, I wanted to make sure that we had sustainability around the table, accessibility conversations around the table table, First Nations cultural tourism conversations happening around the table, um, regional and remote communities. So I kind of had those key headings. So those are two of the, I think, of, of I guess, m- one of the most recent things um, that I've jumped on board with, but yeah, really excited. I like that you helped. talk there about the, um, you know, the parallel between the not-for-profit sector and, you know, the social enterprise sector and how do we actually how do we get those guys to kind of maybe cross paths a little bit more and, and actually work together? Um, do, you, do you see any barriers in inside of bringing those two together that you've seen through those conversations? What's getting in the way? Yeah, well, I think I think sometimes, you know, well, I think philanthropy, I think if you just debunk that word in general, I think people think that's really old school, like the, the word philanthropy and philanthropists. And I think sometimes there probably are philanthropists that operate in an old school kind of way. But there's also people um, who want to be giving in a in a, I don't know, new school kind of way and are supporting charities, social enterprises, and for-profit businesses that are for purpose as well. Um, So I think that, I don't know, I think the barrier is lack of 
I think it's always lack of communication. We all work in silos, I think. But I guess education on the not-for-profit and philanthropy side that there are there are still there are for-purpose businesses that are operating as businesses, but will have scalable and sustainable change. But then on the flip side, like there are investors and there are, you know, there's this whole world of social innovation that could be helping not-for-profits to sustain and scale their impact as well, who already have foundations built, um, you know, that maybe these entrepreneurs don't have. So I think that it's really just, they just don't know each other yet. Like they just, (laughs) like, I just feel like it's like, a matchmaking thing that they just haven't met on the date yet. Yeah, um, maybe we need a dating app for companies <laughs> and uh, and not for profits to actually meet and greet and work together. Yeah, because I think I I mean I love that. Let's do that. But uh, I think um you know I think that the other thing that unfortunately happens, and I think this happens everywhere, is is you know when you have corporations that partner with you know, that, you know, partner with charities or work with charities, it's really kind of a, it's really kind of an engagement arrangement. Like, it's really kind of like, how can we, you know, what what there's, you know, there's volunteering or there's kind of, um, you know, putting up their name with you and that kind of stuff. But it's like, you actually have people in that organization, like we, so do we, everyone has people in these organizations that could help those charities or help those startups, whatever, whoever they kind of get into bed with that's, you know, doing impact work, um, you know, that could help them. Um, and I talked about skilled volunteering before, but I think, yeah, I think we have to look at these relationships as like really mutually beneficial relationships, not just about money or not just about capital or not just about, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's where working towards some kind of shared value comes in and plays its part, right? Because then you're not focusing on how do we make money out of this. It's we're working towards a, a mutually agreeable outcome that we're both driven and connected to through value and purpose rather than dollars, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. And and something you talked about at one of your events that I attended was, you know, just about those tangible, like having tangible impact, but you need both players and both sides to tangibly want to actually make change and help the world. And, you know, me and you were lucky enough to meet a lot of people like that. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the One of the best parts about this whole 17X, you know, I use the J word journey, is... Um, <laughs> It's just the people you get to meet, right? Like, <laughs> you must see the same thing. You just every week there's someone new, and I'm like, okay, I just want to stop what I'm doing and come work for you for six months and just <laughs> and just play. I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, met a I met a beautiful um a beautiful person this week who um Sky and she probably wouldn't mind me saying, but like yeah, it started Why Vote that got all of these young Australians to vote, and then like all these other things nice. that she's created she's creating yeah like just get to meet such amazing creators and you can tell by and i think me and you me and you met and we hit it off too but you know you tell when you meet these people that they just actually genuinely care and i call it within flight center like give a shitters like if you, if you like, i love meeting i love meeting give a shitters <laughs> if i'm allowed to curse <laughs> i think that, that one would probably go along with um Yasmin's uh, GSD for the S- get G- GSD for the SDGs. Get shit done for the <laughs> SDGs. Yeah. Well, Yas is a good friend of mine as well, so yeah, maybe yeah. me and her. <laughs> yeah, maybe off. you guys. You guys need to maybe come up and and work with her circular economy uh, that they've just rebranded into from world's biggest garage sales. So maybe economy and flight center can create 
the first give a shitter network. <laughs> I think so. I think there'll be something that comes out of uh, of oh, there'll be amazing things that come out of <laughs> of Yaz and 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 me. So we'll see. <laughs> what do you like? We we often you know you talk about teams culture. Um, you know, corporate. I think at the corporate level, I, I would assume it's a continual uh, focus on how do we attract, keep, and you know develop great talent. And culture needs to be a massive part of that, right? Um, do you think that things like a give a shitter group inside a corporate environment is one of those kind of key priorities to have that will allow you to attract and keep great people? Well, I think that's a great question. I think that um, there, I, I feel like whether you have a small business, and like I said, I do some work with some startups and things and like have these conversations and, and, and medium businesses. And then obviously I'm in quite a large organization, but, you know, I think that they kind of are like employee resource groups or working groups and things like that, but they have to be, I think that these, like, if you, so say, for example, you have a give a shitter group, like, I think you need to actually define what that means to them because the the thing i think that's a downfall for many organizations is like you try and create these things to gain traction and you want it to be people driven but if you actually don't have the people who are really passionate um and the opportunities for them to go and make that impact or go give a shit about something if it's not laid out clearly um then it then they do fall flat and i think also acknowledging like again i've said the dna of your organization but also where it's at from a business standpoint like how how busy and crazy are things are people allowed to you know be working from home what does flexibility look like you know i think what does mental health support look like do they feel like they belong and they're in an, in an inclusive environment? So my biggest thing, and I, and I said this in a workshop, another workshop I ran was that, you know, you have th- there's foundations that need to be laid before you have people who give a shit <laughs> um, about your, about either your organization or about the world. So I think that that goes for, you know, attracting those people. Um, yes, you should have those, but it, it needs to be, everybody needs to be supported first before you can then do those things. Yeah. Um, I've noticed you've mentioned um, mental health a couple of times um, and people that know me know that I facilitate for a mental health charity living. Um, yes. It's a thing that's close to me as well. Um, what's, um, what's, I guess, what's your feel on the mental health uh, subject or, or pro- progress in the corporate world at the moment? How are we tracking with it here in Australia? Yeah, well, I did an awesome thing with another amazing organization, Communiteer, Um, the beginning of this year. They did a thing about, um, I, I don't remember the specific title, but it was mental health and organizations. Oh, and Unmind. Unmind's another really amazing platform that I did some stuff with, and we and we did a talk about mental health and well-being in workplaces. And, um, you know, I think, look, I think, and I actually just saw an article this morning on LinkedIn about how many different offerings there now are, which you would see as well. There's just so many platforms. There's so many facilitators. There's so many offerings. You know, how do corporates know which one to go with? Um, And I think that's a big barrier that's happening at the moment. Um, You know, how do... Yes, you need an employee assistance program, but, you know, is that supporting your people as best as it can be? What do you then do? You know, what what tangibly can you then do? Um, you know, people are getting mental health care plans and can't find psychologists. Like, it's, it, is it a corporate's responsibility to be providing that? Like, I think that there's just, there's such a, there's such a can of worms there. But at the end of the day, 
it is, I do believe it's a, it's the employee's responsibility to be supporting your people as best as you can. And right now, clearly there's a pit, you know, an epidemic of, you know, mental health issues. Um, how can we, how can we better equip people with tools? And that was my biggest thing when I came on board last year, how can we equip people with tools? Um, you know, like, you know, maybe it's resilience project information about gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, whatever live in, you know, I'd love to look more at what you guys do with live in, like what, what tools can we actually give them? But then yeah, does it look like programs or apps or support from from prof- like and support from prof- professional? Because it always needs to be pointed in that direction. But um, but yeah, I did mental health first aid. A couple, I think last year or the year before that, and um, my, my work in yoga therapy went heavily into the mental health space. So so I'm I'm passionate about it. How um, uh, you know, I, I always cycle into mindfulness as a you know one of my strategies is to kind of calm my brain down because. There's so many times it just runs off in different directions with too many things going on. Um, I would imagine yoga would be a, I've never done yoga. Um, (laughs) Why not? Because I'm a surfer. So I have a surfer's back and any surfer knows that um, yoga is probably something. do yoga. (laughs) I want to keep surfing until I'm 50 or 60. Um, But, you know, I, I could imagine that corporate yoga gig that you were running would be well received, right? It did go. It did go really well, and I also did beer yoga. Which, ah, um, this is awesome. I don't want to get lots of calls after this this podcast. But, Hell but yes, we're doing a seventeen X beer yoga session after the next Brisbane event. But and it was so funny because eventually I ended up teaching beer yoga for like fundraisers, and I do beer yoga for fundraisers, and I, that would be the fundraising oh, event. Yeah, but um, uh, uh, but yoga yoga teachers they'll shake their heads at me, but but no, but but it's really funny because yeah, I'll say I did beer yoga, which are hysterical and disco yogas and really fun things. But I mean, but that introduced people to yoga and yeah, what breathing yeah, what I mean, right. what. Yeah, what breathing meant to them and what getting in tune with their body means to them and all that kind of stuff. And and then I studied yoga therapy, which like yoga therapy is um, a technique that it allows you to create like a 15 minute daily practice specifically for that person. So I'd say, Hey Mick, you know, you're a surfer. Okay. Like this is what's happening with your back, but this is what's happening with your mind. And it'd be like a tailored practice. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I meditate frequently. I, uh, like I play, even like playing guitar for me is mindfulness and meditation for me. Like I, but you have to do those things that totally take you out of yeah. what you're in all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so look, we're getting to the end of our time. Um, I would like to ask you one question that I do ask sometimes to people. Um, what brands are you fascinated by? I would imagine that you, you've got a pretty good Rolodex. Um, who who out there, particularly here in Australia, say um, who's who's working with the SDGs or or, or you know purpose in in general that you're fascinated by that we can go and look at and kind of learn from? Oh my God, I could go on. This I could go on. Your tree. I can go for eighty days. Well, I was actually just thinking about um, Luke Terry from White Box Enterprises because we were talking about mindfulness, and me and him had a good conversation about his meditation practice. And um, so I think, and Social Enterprise World Forums coming up as well. Actually, yeah, if anybody yeah. wants, if go to that. So shout that out. I mean, I don't know when you'll put this up, but that's happening in September. Um, but um, um, Yaz from World's Biggest Garage Sale and Circonomy is just absolutely amazing. And she's been, you know, a friend and mentor of mine. It's just, just smashes it. Everything she does. Um, I've met, um, some really amazing people. Like I was just talking about Sky who started, uh, Y Vote and Ripple, who's amazing, who I just met this week. And, um, PETA who started Known Impact, Impact Consulting, who's amazing. Um, oh, there's, there's legitimately so many, there's so many cool big businesses that are starting like 
little awesome um, startups for Impact. Haley Brown from Vacayet. So she started a, a app platform for low vision and blind people to book their travel. Oh. I never say I, there's so much more to it than that. Um, but she, yeah, she's just absolutely amazing and smashing it. And uh, it, it's, it's, I'm so grateful for the people, Tara Castle, she's the CEO of Queensland Community Foundation, who is just, I call her the connector of all connectors. Like, there's just so, <laughs> I could go on for days, but, <laughs> but I, but I think that like, I think that the biggest thing that people find if you're not, you know, maybe like me and you and reaching out to people or having people reach out to you and get, you know, or going to events and meeting people. But like, I think just being aware of what's happening in the space, whether you're on LinkedIn or another social media platform, but just, you know, just getting out there and just reaching out to people and, and asking them to learn more about what the cool stuff that they get to do. I think people are scared to do that, but that's the only way that we can all come together and we can start to bridge these gaps. So I think that's what I, I guess I'd say and promote, but also recommend people to do. Love it. And so, um, and what's, what's coming up for you? What do we, what do we need to keep an eye out? You got any cool projects coming up? Um, you know, under flight center or elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I haven't said anything to anyone, anyone really yet, but, um, but I have this, um, a bit of fun, but no, it should be coming. It should be coming this year at some point, but essentially I, um, I have this thing that I talk about and I think I talked about it with you before, but we can be doing things better. We all can be doing things better than just ticking these boxes that we all keep ticking around different, you know, um, environment, social governance movements. And I think my biggest thing is how can we be better than the box and how can we be better than the tick box? So, um, um, just like you, you do, and you've said, you know, I want to be highlighting these stories. So uh, watch this space. I, I'm not, you know, saying what it, what it'll look like, but um, but I think better than the box is something that you'll see um, from me at some point soon. Very <laughs> cool. I like that you said that. Uh, we're not just tipping the box, man. Let's do this better. Um, okay, cool. If uh, people want to reach out and get in touch, where do they do it? Um, LinkedIn's perfect. Like I'm, I am on there unless I take like a 10 day, <laughs> 10 day sabbatical from LinkedIn. Sometimes I do that, yeah. but, um, but yeah, definitely on LinkedIn and, um, I'm Brizzy based and love meeting new people who are doing, you know, impact work and doing good things and want to make change. So I'm there. Awesome. So guys, if you're listening and you want to connect uh, with Tyler, uh, scroll down, we'll put LinkedIn link in the footnotes to this one um but hey it's been great chatting with you and hearing your um your story your passion your energy around this uh certainly i watched this space it'd be great to circle back <laughs> into one time and just see what you've been up to so um thanks for spending a little bit of time with me no thank you so much and i'm so happy that there's you know a person like you and an organization like 17x that's doing all this amazing work so thank you for what you do and i'm excited to see where you are in 12 months <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, Mick. Bye. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening so that you can stay up to date with our future episodes. And now it's time to jump over to our website, 17sdg.com. That's 17 the word. To see when we are coming to your city with our 17x speaking event that's touring Australia in 2022. We're coming back to the stage in every major city in this country to put social innovators, change makers and leaders on stage to share with us in their keynote how they're using their business, their brands, their products and their people as a force for good in the world for the 2030 agenda. We can't do this stuff alone. We need you in the room. 
I really hope to see you there. But for now, go out and create some impact and enjoy great things.